Any member-run organization knows this is true. The association is only as good as its leadership. In early November, Angus Breeders will elect a new set of directors onto their board. I'm Miranda Ryman, an editor with the Angus Journal, and today I'm visiting with Robert Groom of Tully Fergus Angus, whose name is on the ballot. Okay, I have Robert Groom with me. He's an Angus breeder from New York. Is that correct, Robert? That's correct. All right, why don't you, you tell go ahead. From my local accent. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your involvement in the Angus business. Okay, well, um, I actually was born in England uh, on a dairy farm. My family was a little dairy farm. Um, my uh, father just had uh, all about 14 or 15 cows and he worked a construction job as well and uh, uh, I got a brother and sister uh, younger than me and uh, we were on that farm for till I was about three years old and then we moved to my grandfather's farm uh, uh, which was about oh, five miles away and uh, I grew up milking dairy cows uh, stacking hay um, doing all that kind of stuff learned to drive a tractor when I was probably six or seven and uh, uh, just kept on Ongoing, and when I was 17, it was a year after I'd left school, um, my folks had been looking at buying a farm in Scotland because after milk quotas came in, it made it very uh, um, difficult for our small dairy operation to survive. And so we looked into Scotland and uh, we, we moved to a 350-acre farm in Scotland and started with a sheep and beef cattle operation. And that's where I kind of started with the Angus. It was we've been around 1985, 1986. And then a, a friend of my dad's um, just randomly said to me one day, you ought to get into Aberdeen Angus. And so I thought about it for a little bit and I went to a, a sale. Uh, actually, last week was 35 years ago to the day that I bought my first Angus cow. Um, she wasn't a very great cow. She wasn't a very expensive cow, um, but she was a good start. And she had a heifer calf the week after we bought her. And that was the start of my herd over there. And uh, and so as time went on, I gradually built up um, my registered herd uh, using money I earned from shearing sheep. So I did a contract sheep shearing business with a, a friend of mine. We started a business and uh, we sheared about 30,000 sheep over the course of a couple of months in the summer each year. We hired a couple of New Zealand guys to come in and help us as well. And um, uh, we, we, we sheared a lot of sheep and I turned all that money into... Uh, registered Angus cattle um, and, and kind of the turning point was doing a study tour in the United States in 1989 that kind of really opened my eyes to the opportunities here and I didn't really know it at the time but as time went on um, I, I just had this bug in me that if I ever got the opportunity to come to the States and raise Angus cattle here uh, I was going to take it didn't matter what it was um, it was if there's an opportunity take it and uh and so we did so that's what we did in 1998 and we've been there here ever since so coming up on 25 years next year what and just to clarify here is where where am i seeing you sitting right? uh, sorry in, in Lyons, new york um i came to uh, uh manage and buy out a, an existing angus herd here that actually had very similar bloodlines to what i was trying to incorporate in scotland it was very difficult to get american genetics uh, in the uk it still is to an extent um, but we kind of did it via embryos and some, some bulls were imported uh, semen and, uh, and we kind of built our herd that way. And so we were always kind of focused on, on production genetics, um, you know, reproduction, fertility, all that kind of thing was always a focus. And, uh, and so, and partly because the very first 
first cow I bought had such a terrible odor and such poor milking ability. So it, it was it was ingrained from the start that you know these are things you've really got to look at. And so um, so we built it on a pretty firm foundation, and then because uh, we dispersed all that when we came to the states in uh, in the fall of 1998. Great. Thank you. I love hearing everybody's different backgrounds, and, and that's really an interesting story that I hadn't heard before. So um, what does the Angus breed have going for it right now, or what would you say are some of the strengths of the American Angus Association today? I think, obviously, uh, certified Angus beef has, has basically driven uh, demand for registered Angus genetics for uh, 40 years now. Um, I mean, it probably took 10 years or 12 years to really take off. Um, but but even if you're looking at, at the early years, it was exponential growth from the beginning. And the only limiting factor has been um, the supply of uh, reliable supply of product. And so as more Angus genetics have gotten used across the uh, industry, um, obviously the qualification uh, rate has improved and therefore um, more beef is sold and therefore more demand for Angus. And, and I kind of laugh when people call it a, a marketing scheme, you know, which implies that it's, it's not based on anything substantial. Well, it actually is based on something very substantial, which is the inherent ability of the breed to, to produce marbled, good-eating beef and uh, that the consumers are very satisfied with. And so that's a huge strength. Obviously, we have the database. We have a lot of breeders who are still turning in phenotypic data. Um, we need to encourage that. Uh, I, there's been a big shift towards genomics, but um, I think we've always got to be check and double check. We, we want to make sure that, that what we're putting out there is reliable and useful uh, and appropriate for, for the market. Um, and I think right now we've got some really good leadership in the breed. I think the, you know, I mean, I'm running for the board, but as I look at the board right now, there's a lot of really, really good people I'd love to be able to serve with. I think um, that's important. And I think, uh, you know, our executive leadership from, from Mark McCauley on down uh, is extraordinarily good. We've had some rough times over the last decade, but I think uh, we've, we've got some real stability and an opportunity to grow. And, uh, and that's what we should look at. We should look at growth. I think it's always more fun to talk about opportunities than it is challenges, but that's my next question there. What are some challenges the breed is facing? How can the association address those? And how can the association be more valuable to the Angus breeders and commercial customers that we serve? Uh, I, I think some of the challenges are some of the, the competition from um, rival genetics companies. Uh, you know, I don't think we can be too complacent about the size of our database. I think we always need to be um, cognizant of, of making sure that database is, is reliable and accurate. And I think uh, with the numbers we have, that, that gives us a definite uh, advantage in the marketplace. Uh, it will get challenged. I, I wonder about, you know, some of the drug company, um, genetic company tie-ups uh, looking to um, control the commercial sector. I think we have to be aware of that. Um, but I think we've got a lot of good reasons to be proud of our breed. I think we've got a lot of diversity within the breed. And, and some may say, well, you know, that's not really a breed if it's got 10 different types or 20 different types. But America's not the same and the world is not the same. And there's different environments and different challenges. And it's, you know, it, it takes a, you know, a horse of a different color sometimes to, to, to work with that challenge. So, um, so I think that's a challenge, but I, I don't think it's, it's something that, you know, 
I think as long as we remain focused, I think we can uh, overcome that. What was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. I'm That's all right. Rambling. I asked kind of a long one there. How can the association be more valuable to Angus breeders and the commercial customers that we serve? I, I think to be relevant, I, I think um, every breeder that's submitting data or is doing registrations or showing cattle, whatever we do, we want them to feel a part of what the association is. Uh, we want them to feel like they're important. And we're not a hierarchy based on how many cows you have. Every, we're a member association and every single member um, is equal to the next. And it doesn't matter whether you have one cow or a thousand cows or 10,000 cows. Yes, you're important in terms of revenue when you have that many animals, but you, as an individual, in your opinion, it's still equally valid because it depends on what your perspective is and what your experience is and what you're, uh, you're looking to do with the breed. But I think focus on customer service, uh, focus on, on programs that help everybody. Uh, we often hear criticism, you know, oh, this is just for the big guys or they're just too worried about the show guys. We're all guys in this business and gals. We're all in this business. Um, we all have a vested interest in it. And, and, you know, I know too many people have maybe said, well, I'm stopping registering cattle anymore. I, I, it's, there's no point. Uh, I don't feel like I belong. That's no good. What, whatever their reasons are, um, ought to be heard and ought to be recognized and to see if we need to make adjustments um, or outreach to try and build that. And I think the field... Um, representatives or our regional managers are extremely important in that role. I often hear it said that our diversity is both our challenge and our opportunity. So I hear that in your answer. Um, what characteristics do you bring to the board or what skill sets do you bring to the board and why'd you decide to run this year? Well, I was very late to the party. I, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it until I was at Junior Nationals uh, with my daughter and, and, and some other exhibitors from New York. And just in conversation with a couple of different people, um, they just said, well, you ought to run for the board again, because I have done it before, um, unsuccessfully, obviously. <laughs> um, but I, it just got me thinking. And, and my approach to most everything in life is if I, can, if I can't think of a compelling reason to say no, I'm probably going to say yes. And the fact that, that several of these people asked me to run um, tells me that they think I've got something worthwhile to offer the breed and offer the board. Um, I, I've ended up on, I don't know, school boards and state association boards and beef producer boards and this and that and the other. Um, and just because people ask me in to, to serve, and in a lot of those associations, one way or another, I've wound up in leadership because I, I've never sought a leadership position. And people just said, well, you ought to be our VP or you ought to run for president or whatever it is, no matter what the school board or the state association. And again, you know, if I can't think of a compelling reason to say no, I'm, I'm probably going to say yes. And, and I think active involvement in any association by as many of the members as possible is a good thing because then you get, you know, that breadth of experience, you get that breadth of, of knowledge and you get that, um, you get that drive. And, and I think, you know, anyone who's running for the board 
um, hopefully is driven by the breed, their, their desire to serve the breed and serve the membership. And, and we're a little unique in that we're not a, a, a regional breed where every director who's elected is a national director there. They represent all the breeders across all the states and all the regions and all the challenges. And you have to be cognizant of that and you have to recognize that. And, and my experience here in the Northeast is going to be different than someone's experience in the Midwest or the South or the West. And, um, and so I think if we come at it with, you know, some mutual respect and, and, and bring our thoughts and ideas and don't be, you know, shy about bringing them forward, um, you know, and, and let them be challenged. I mean, the best way to find the best ideas is to put them out there for challenge and see what happens. Um, you know, I, I might think of something driving along in my truck that I think is a great idea. And when I say it out loud, everyone thinks, my guy, he's got to be dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> that might happen more than I'd like. But anyway, um, it, 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 it's, you know, you put your ideas out there and, and have them challenged and maybe you rethink and maybe re reposition or maybe you're actually on the right track, but it just needs some fine tuning. So that's kind of what I bring more pragmatic. Um, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a critical thinker that I look at the evidence that I look at the, I consider the viewpoints, I consider the, the what's gone into it uh, and form an opinion based on that, not just some visceral reaction about who gave me that opinion or who, who came up with that idea. You mentioned challenge in there, which is a great segue to the next question I've got for you, which is what are some of the hard decisions you believe that future boards will have to make? <sighs> hmm. Yeah. Predicting the future is always tricky, isn't it? As Yogi Berra said, I, uh, I think there's a few things. Um, I'm a, I will say I'm very much a, an Angus traditionalist and purist, and I think that um, maintaining the integrity of our, our breed and our our registry is extremely important. And I think there's probably going to be some pushes to incorporate um, non-registered Angus data in our database or or into our association. Um, that wouldn't sit too well with me because I feel that. Uh, say we have a breed that has diversity and strength and numbers uh i think we have the answers to our questions within our breed and i think the the better way to approach it is to maybe more forcefully uh, promote what we have from from an association level as well as from the breeder level um you know we're all in the beef business but we have a specific um purpose i think in that beef business um, and a specific role, which is to generate registered seed stock that will benefit the commercial industry and ultimately benefit the consumer. And if we're not satisfying either commercial industry or the consumer, uh, we're done. So um, that's one challenge. And I think the other challenge is more political, which is this whole sustainability um, kick. And my big problem with that is that it is coming from people who ultimately don't see a role for either people in the environment or beef cattle in the environment. And I'm not inclined to negotiate with my enemy. Uh, I think uh, people who fundamentally oppose what we do ought to be confronted and ought to be pushed back on. And, and I, you know, this agenda has stolen some language that is not appropriate because sustainability 
almost means the things we approve of and the things we don't approve of. If, if we don't approve of, uh, say, antibiotics in cattle, then we consider that unsustainable. No, it, it's not unsustainable. It's just you don't like it. And, and I think that's a fundamental um, challenge that we're going to face. And we have to be prepared to stand up and say our piece. We're less than 2% of the population. Um, but without us, there's going to be some hard times and some hunger. So we, we need to, we can be a pretty assertive, I think, about our role in the, in the whole deal without caving to people's feelings about what they think might be right with no experience and no uh, real basis. I'm so encouraged to hear about the things that are going right in the breed. And I picked to end on a question that's uh, what are the hard things coming up? So I've got the very last one. Anything that you'd like people to know about you before November? Let's end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a registered Angus breeder. Uh, I, I have a family. I, my, 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 I come into the States one of the primary motivators was the National Junior Angus Association. There's almost nothing like it anywhere else in the world. And it's such a valuable entity to develop future leaders. And yes, most of them won't end up in agriculture. Most of them will go on to careers elsewhere. But the, the leadership and the, um, the strength that they will have from having gone through that program uh, will benefit us all when we have leaders of industry uh, who have been members of the National Junior Angus Association, they are going to be sympathetic to us. They're going to be um, encouraging us. They're going to be uh, a resource for us to use going down the road. And, and I like the way that, you know, the association has, has, has hired, you know, former NJA members uh, in a lot of roles over the last few years. It, it always seemed crazy to me to let our best talent go elsewhere. Uh, I'm glad to see them being hired by the association. And so my my drive is, as as a breeder and, and, and being here uh, in the United States um, is is fundamentally because I, I think this is the place to be and, and this is where I want to be. And, you know, if I'm elected, great. I, I would love to serve the membership of this breed. If I'm not elected, that's okay. I can live with that. I, I you know, we've got a farm, we've got a, a business, we've got... Um, you know, work still to do. And my daughter's going to go to college here in a couple of years. And, um, you know, so my hired hand will, will be gone. But uh, uh, but I want to make a future for her. And I want to see that the Angus breed is in a stronger possible uh, place, uh, you know, three or six years from now, that when she comes back from college, um, that, that we can see that future, um, the way that I see the future now. And so, um, so I'd appreciate everyone's support. And, uh, Anyone's got any questions? Uh, my phone number is 315-573-2569. Call me anytime. Ask me anything. Um, you'll never wonder about where I stand on an issue. I will always tell you. And uh, uh, we may agree and we may disagree. Um, that's okay. That's America. Robert, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me today. And we'll look forward to uh, meeting you in person in November. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Good luck to everyone. Elections will take place during the annual convention of delegates, Monday, November 7th. To listen to all board candidate interviews, visit AngusJournal.net. For a full list of business items, visit AngusConvention.com.
For the AJ Daily, I'm Miranda Ryman.